Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Raphael. Uh, how are you? Pretty good. Um, sort of, yeah, restful. <laughs> yeah. We, we both cleared our throat before the episode. That's, uh, That's right. I'm fully clear. My throat's cleared. I just had some tea with honey. I blew my nose, so no sniffles. I don't want to sound like uh, Zizek or something. I don't know if you... <laughs> Slavoj Žižek, every he's the most disgusting philosopher on the planet. I really think it's hurt his brand, actually. He he kind of sounds like doesn't Donald Duck talk like that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And and he also physically he wipes his nose and so, but apparently I always heard that, um, you know that he was he was quite he had quite a way with ladies uh, even yeah. Well, he's very confident. Yeah. He's but disgusting I, I, and overconfident. I, I like his fashion style, that he is like, I'm against capitalism, so I'll also show it. <laughs> right, He's right. not even doing the classic sort of yeah. communist uh, thick cotton sh- overshirt. He's like, no, I'll just wear the shittiest t-shirts I can find. Yeah, usually, and usually they're like stained with food. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on sweat. his belly, like it's like our sweat stains, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he's no. been pr- replaced by Evgeny Morozov, the... Um, uh, the the new sort of like uh, philosopher voice, the new um, left hero. Yeah, the new hero of the left. Is he but, also as as catchy or as as poppy? Well, I the thing is, like, I think that's where I I still prefer Zizek is that Evgeny is really like negative, um, and he's cranky. He's like, you know, one thing that's funny is like, despite all this election stuff that just ha- you know that happened over the the year. Yeah, um, Zizek was still like super positive, and it was like even pro Trump and s- saying that it would shock us back to our senses or something yeah. like that. Um, but Evgeny would be just like, "It's the end, no matter what you do." <laughs> like, it's, it's also like, funny nowadays that you, whether whatever your political perspective is, um, you're always left, unless you're extremely right. That's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's uh If if you if you believe that the you know a company should be free to do what they want, not too much regulation, but you like a, oh, you're a libertarian abortion yeah. rights. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's very everything's very extreme. But uh, any anyway, it's very boring all this politics. So it is and it isn't. I mean, that's not what we're going to yeah. talk about today. But um, I think this is the, one of the things we're going to talk about today is that how, what changed this year. I think and the weather was one of the things that changed this year. Well, <laughs> I, I wanted to do a whole podcast about the weather. But uh, uh, because it's a taboo, it's not part of good conversation. You should not talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, yeah, we both go to a lot of openings, and so we have to meet strangers. And the, you know, easy fallback position for people is to talk about, oh, is it is this normal weather for this time of year? Or yeah. where did you but come even from? that's oh, politicized now. Huh? Yeah, well, I guess there's yeah, exactly. I guess there's the oh, global it's a warm warming. winter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you do you do know though that this is the warmest year on record for the North Pole. They're having a heat wave right now. Yeah, we're doomed. We're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Miami is to start. I mean, we have to let's make it clear who's doomed to start. It's well, you, your family in the Netherlands. No, uh, <laughs> I think I think the Netherlands is okay because they've always dealt with water. But oh, they're going to engineer their I, way I think, out of it. I, th- I don't know. I really don't want to talk about politics because I'm just not an expert. Like, I don't know who's doomed. And, uh, it seems to me that rich countries will be better off than poor countries even more. Mm, yeah. 
Okay, well, let's. But we have to talk about the weather uh, without talking yeah. about climate change. That's your challenge. <laughs> I, no, I thought it was an innocent topic, but now that we start talking about it, it's not. But well, I, I always I, liked... the, the reason also I wanted to talk about the weather is you're in Toronto and I'm in Rio. Yeah, we should say. So, yeah, I'm in um, Toronto, which is it has been pretty cold. It's warmer today. It's above zero. Um, which, Fair, by the way, Fahrenheit or Celsius? Celsius, right? Yeah, I'm okay. not. I don't prescribe, despite the fact that probably a lot of our listeners are in the United States. I can, still cannot figure out Fahrenheit. It seems like a real, like all of the American systems, even though that's originally a British system. To me, anyway, they're always like there's some you can't. There's no simple math to it. It's always no. like well, you it, add four, divide by two, unless yeah, it's well, the, August. The, the conversion is one thing, but also the logic behind the scale. So the yeah, the Celsius is like. Water freezes, water boils. Yeah. Okay. And then Fahrenheit is the freezing point of brine, which is salty water, which is another variable, how much salt and how much water. Oh, is that right? I didn't know. And then the 100 degrees is about human body temperature, but a little bit higher. So the two scales that... I don't know how they got to those two scales. (laughs) Well, because maybe it's like they were falling in the ocean a lot. (laughs) I don't know. It's like, and it's yeah. like <laughs> blimey, it's cold. I fell off the boat. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's and a now lot I have le- a fever. Exactly. That must it's be a hundred le- degrees. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot less my British warm accent than my from, body. from the colonial times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, apparently, actually, the British accent from the colonial times is actually more like the southern, the American South accent. Oh, really? Be like, yeah, yeah. You all, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> better get down here. <laughs> Uh, but then the aristocracy sort of like uh, was turned off when that became the popular way of speaking, and so they re- they invented this new the new the posh English, yeah posh yeah. accent. Yeah. I watched Love Actually last night as my holiday preparation. Have you ever seen this film? Which one? Love Actually. No. It was like mm-hmm. it's a 2002 film, I think, and it stars like every single. Uh, celebrity probably available at the time including ones that are now famous so you know when a film's like the first one to cast Kira Knightley or yeah something. yeah like that movie is it Diner with, yeah oh yeah 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 with all those guys hanging out mm-hmm. I haven't seen and, that and all of them became super huge right yeah so yeah. Like, but a lot of the people are already huge it's one of those like holiday like feel-good movies and mm-hmm. seemingly holiday movies are a weird thing like they don't come out every year. Sometimes they do. They kind of make fun of it, uh, ironically, in the film. Anyway, I watched it because there was a Saturday Night Live skit um, with uh, Hillary Clinton. Not real Hillary Clinton, but um, Kate McKinnon's version. Yeah. Uh, where there's like, they're holding cards. She's holding cards and dropping them. It became like a bit of a viral thing last week. And there were I've all... I've been it, really off of the internet. T- trying to... Con- She's trying to convince an elector not to vote. Anyway, she gets okay. it's getting back into politics. Damn, <laughs> I can't avoid it this year. <laughs> so, but anyway, can we, can what, we... what's funny about it? I, I didn't, I didn't know the reference, so Kristen made me watch it. Okay. Anyway, should we, we? What can we do? Well, happy holidays, everybody, and Christmas movies and all that. But uh, we haven't really decided what this episode is about, or did we? Yeah, we should. Well, so you, you we've always aspired. I should of, say. Of, yeah. Well, I think what we what we said what, what your dream is for this podcast and what our listeners probably loathe to hear <laughs> is that our dream is that one day this podcast would be about nothing. Um, 
and that we would try our hardest to get there to make it. But then by the end of every podcast, rally together some meaning. But that we'd start with senselessness and and I just end read up this, at a good this, point. This book by Michelle uh, Weybeck, Elementary Particles, and uh, there's some line mm-hmm. in there that it says that the search for meaning is a is a childish aberration in in uh, evolution. It's like a, a defect in our brain. It's a it's a stupid idea. Why would you need yeah. meaning? Yeah. That's a, that's a sad, <laughs> sad, sad statement, but sure. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, don't think I it's mean, sad. Ultimately, it's just, we have it's just very childish. That. What does it mean? Yeah, but what does it mean? Is it, no, it's just, it is what it is. Well, I think uh, it's funny because I'm watching, so let's go sideways yet again. I'm watching this film uh, show on, on Netflix called The Terrace House. It's a, it's a Japanese uh, yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, I read about brother. that. Yeah. I tried to watch yeah, it, but it and was... And the reason it, I started... It's like a reality show well, without no, drama. I, yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I wanted to watch it was because a friend at work was like, no. Well, I heard a few people recommend it, and this person's like, no, you, you don't get it. It's like, it's totally different. These people are stylish, and, and they're artists. And at one point, one of them is like, you know, he's a tap dancer, and, and he's and he's not sure. And someone's like, why are you giving up on your dream or something like this? And it's like, <laughs> and it's like they're searching for meaning together. And I was like, uh, oh, was, I was intrigued. I was like, how could yeah. this meaningless show uh, find meaning uh, yeah. in Tokyo? Which And I see him like... The way people find meaning all over the world, I was like, hmm, maybe it's different. And this seemed to sit, state that it was it was the same everywhere. That so you've that you've you watched a few episodes. Tap dancing. I did. I tried to watch like three episodes. There's 18 episodes. It's, it's a very strange. And there's show. two. Se- there's um, one season in Hawaii <laughs> and one in Tokyo. I saw on Netflix. Yeah, the biggest disappointment so far is that also it's very like uh, heteronormative. Like they start talking about who's dating who in the first few moments, and there's like this. Uh, panel of judges that also talk about which girls they like and which guys they like the most who's the hottest who's the cutest well you, I, was like, it, I thought it, japan was immune from this i don't know why i thought that i thought that they were like too polite th- for that i i think anywhere outside of the west uh, you can't just openly be gay on tv mm. that was the other thing it was like very yeah it was very much just like tradition like they made jokes about the girls cooking within the first two episodes well japan is very patriarchal it's uh, uh most of the it, it's a kind of like 50s america japan it's very safe and very mm. uh rigid and very everything's cutesy and happy so it's it's very much like 50s america but i would have assumed that like you know the technology so this is a funny relationship <laughs> to our podcast you think all like, the sony walkman you know, turned if, them into liberals yeah like well the the myth would be that technology helps us progress faster right it automates parts of our lives and frees up labor for more important things like theoretically speaking historically speaking it allowed us to become artists right for the artist class to emerge for the creative class to emerge yeah. because otherwise we'd spend all our day foraging for food and so my assumption was Japan potentially had, was more socially progressive than us. And I, I well, kind of knew this not to be true. <laughs> if, if <laughs> but you look like, at you know, a, they have robot nurses and stuff. Yeah, but if you look at a longer timeline, if, I've seen documentaries about tribes where they would spend about two hours a day hunting and foraging, gathering nuts and mm-hmm. vegetables, and the rest of the day was for play. So whatever you call it, they would make music and... Uh, uh, make statues and all those things. So the idea that you need technology to free up time, I think that's a myth. I mm, think technology okay. doesn't free so up that, time. 
So I, I think there's been different That's moments marketing. in history. I, I think there's been different moments in history of people living in very difficult climates and, and needing all their time to survive, and people living in a sort mm -hmm. of symbiosis in an in a environment where they were they were evolutionary adapted. To, it was their happy place, so they didn't have to work too much. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true in northern climates, though. Maybe that's just like no, but you know, that's if you why were I, I, yeah, Canadian. In the woods, you'd be working nonstop. But I'm 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 dying to talk about this uh, Zuckerberg Jarvis video. I, I want to analyze it to the every detail. Okay, so that okay, that's a good because segue, it, it, though, it's right? a little like, bit so about Mark, this yeah. free time, right? It's it, it, he he made he automated his home, yeah. so he would the the idea is that you have free time. Now maybe people don't know about this, but like at the beginning of the year, every year Zuckerberg. Like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of, of Facebook. <laughs> of Facebook. Should, should we he frame a little bit who Mark Zuckerberg is? Because not everybody, I guess everybody knows. <laughs> not, no, well, but I mean, it's fun just to frame the most. But we, most we could frame a little bit. We, we could frame. we could frame a little bit his mindset. In if if you watch the social network and kind of believe that that he is someone who likes to tinker with stuff for fun, and accidentally Facebook happened. Right. I yeah. mean, a lot yeah, of programmers right. start just with things for room. fun. Yeah, yeah, and mm -hmm. so I, I think that's kind and of in his the, case, he, he, that's kind of the setting. Didn't he have like he, a crush on a girl or something like that? Yeah, I uh, don't know if, if that's have, like, but a crush? I, it feels like a lot of Silicon Valley starts as like a kid playing with toys and not someone who is like, oh, I'm going to control public opinion of the entire planet. Mm -hmm. All right, so what you're trying to say is like it's basically like a teenager. You know, uh, with you know, that was just having fun. Stumbled across world-changing idea. Yeah. Or, but at the same time, there's it, a dark side where he's like, "People don't like me. I'm gonna mess with them." This is yeah. So I mean, and I and I'm sure you've all, everyone's all heard this, and we're kind of drifting off from where we need to get, but we'll get there. Uh, that 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 Facebook is the least trusted brand on the internet, right? Like we all use these services, but apparently Facebook scores the lowest for trust. Yeah. Of any uh, online service that people use, well, I, I, I primarily think already, because of, of Zuckerberg. I think already, and this is bigger outside of uh, the U.S. People don't realize that people don't share photos on Facebook as easily, and everybody shares them on WhatsApp in groups. So if people share way more photos in chat apps than on social networks, on classic social networks. So that's kind of an idea mm. where, you, if you remember Google Circles for Google+, and they wanted to solve the problem of your social network is, is very visible because you have your work friends and your family friends and your own family, mm -hmm. and uh, personal family and work. And then in yeah. chat apps, it's more direct, so you don't accidentally post a drunk picture or anything that your boss shouldn't mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. So the, the chat apps solved the privacy issue where they were trying to figure that out with settings in, in social networks. Anyway, the point is that people, yeah, I guess people use don't want, yeah, Facebook yeah. more as a newsreader than as a, a photo sharing a platform. Yeah, it's become a media company, blah, blah, blah. So actually, that is that is a good segue back, which we'll get to. We're now like three loops into Facebook. But um, so at the beginning of every year, though, Zuckerberg, arguably the, now the most powerful uh, or one of the most powerful men in the world, um, people in the world. But really, if we're talking honestly about the world and how sad it is, no, we're not going to go there. Anyway, so Zuckerberg, <laughs> the most powerful person in the world, 
at the beginning of every year, like a king descended from the heavens, like I said, he announces what his New Year's resolution will be. Here is what yeah. I'm going to spend my he year. He calls it a on. challenge. He's and last this year's year, challenge. Yeah, this year's challenge. And last year, his challenge, which you know might surprise people or maybe not, was you know the artificial intelligence was just like gaining in popularity, and he said. I'm going to build a home automation system for myself, similar or almost exactly like Jarvis from the movie, um, uh, what's it called? Iron uh, Man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so like a superhero movie. Um, and, and, and so he set out to build this and like blog about it. And then at the end of the year, he released this video. And, and now I want you to describe the video because... Well, first, you're, first you're I also want to say... Oh, no, with the, well, the video, first of all... Is the result, if right? If you've ever watched... Uh, Bill Gates was the first mega famous nerd who was kind of awkward. But uh, I think Zuckerberg takes awkward to a whole nother realm. I don't know if you agree. <laughs> it's, it's so awkward to watch him. And... Uh, Bill Gates is is an is a very geeky person, but he's he's just talking about. It. But Zuckerberg in this video is trying to be funny all the time, and it's really not working. It's really mm-hmm. the Nickelback well, joke. Apparently, like uh, Avril Lavigne yeah. is really I, mad about the Nickelback I can, joke. <laughs> I can run through the video a little bit, but the <laughs> idea is that he shows that his uh, home automation system has facial recognition, so when his parents arrive, they can just go in. Uh, the there's a T-shirt cannon that throws him a fresh T-shirt because he only wears this. He wears the same T-shirt every day. Uh, the toaster is. But times. wait, you should also. Yeah, the, and you know the story behind that toaster, right? Yeah. He he goes on to say like, there's not enough automation in toaster technology, so I had to rewire a 1950s toaster because, you know, it ha- to respond to when the power turns on enough. But everything he's describing is actually like. <laughs> It's not a the very thing, advanced So, so the, <laughs> this is really got... the core of, of what I want to talk about, because everything with me is about food. When you think about it for a okay. second, he, he wants to make a toaster where someone puts the toast in the toaster. Somebody puts the slice of bread in the toaster at some point, <laughs> yeah. doesn't pull the lever. Yeah. And then the computer realizes yeah. when he wakes up and then starts the toasting. How far before he wakes up is the slice of bread put in the toaster? That's what puzzles me. <laughs> also, it, because he, if you do it the night he also before, eats plain toast though. Yeah, he, the toast the is not even buttered or jammed. <laughs> he, he just eats like just, but just also bad the toast. Life. Like, did he did he put the slice himself the night before? That means you have a single slice of bread that's been open to the air for twelve hours. That's inedible. It might even be moldy. <laughs> or did his butler put it in ten minutes before he woke up, and then the computer? But that's wakes the whole him thing. He's Regardless, it's afford ret- automation in the form of human labor. Like he could have, he probably yeah. has a staff of cooks, and he would yeah. prefer this 1950s. No, and also those cooks are like, toaster. you're not. I think he has health consultants, and they're like, you're not, you're not going near any bread. You're eating a, a quinoa scrambled this morning, and probably something more advanced. <laughs> right, right. Or, or like, no, he, I just want, I just want what the regular Americans are eating. I mean, like, want a bread like everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, but so, but everything about it is so wrong, and it's the same kind of wrong thing when you automate food on the McDonald's scale, and it's just, it it sucks the taste out of everything, and then you have to add preservatives to keep that toast in all night. Yeah. It's like, oh, I made this amazing toast that you can put in the night before, and it still tastes fresh, except it tastes like McDonald's well, bread. And for me, he 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 also managed to, uh, you know, through his selection of Morgan Freeman as the voice of this AI, also segregate 
um, black people in America again to slave labor class. <laughs> no, I think maybe, that's no. I no think... one's done. Well, it's again an awkward social error, and I think this no, is like, because this is I, someone th- who's I, making I, decisions I disagree and he there because of if... sociology. No, I disagree there because he's if, like, "What would you, what would you like, Mister Zuckerberg? <laughs> what can I do for you now?" He's always there. He's attentive. It's so like I don't know how people no, aren't talking about that. I, but I don't agree there. It, I think uh, okay, what? if it had been a guy in a butler costume, it would have been problematic. But Morgan Freeman is often <laughs> What's the a, difference a, if it's a voice because Morgan Freeman is often because a, go- a godlike voice in in movies, and an AI mm. is someone who should know everything. So. It's not even, I think an AI ideally is someone that's even more capable than humans. So I think it's a more noble role than someone who is like picking up toast out of a toaster. Well, at the end of the day, that's what this uh, this poor god does. It, yeah. <laughs> it turns on the toaster <laughs> and shoots t-shirts really, I, I think the, out of a t-shirt uh, can. <laughs> David Lynch always describes so that there's, every movie has a scene that's the eye of the duck. So um, when you draw the shape of a duck, you can draw the outline of a duck. But then, and you can do a bad job at it, it'll still be a duck. But where you put the eye on the duck makes the duck either look sad or angry or retarded. But it's very crucial where you put the eye Hmm. of the duck. So what do you think is the eye of the duck of this movie? Is it the t-shirt uh, yeah, cannon? Is point, it a, a uh, joke line? Is it when Morgan Freeman speaks Chinese or Mandarin to the baby? Is it when they... When he hangs out with know. the dreadlock you, dog, th- it's like the, for me, it's all about the that toaster. or like speaking Chinese to the baby, the toaster, yeah, the t-shirt cannon, the t-shirt, and then know. he goes, and then he goes, hell yeah, <laughs> it's so <laughs> like it, awkward. Do, it is him living. I feel like he watched the Pee Wee. Did you ever watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure yeah. when you were growing up? Yeah, and his his breakfast is automated his whole life, and it's like this Rube Goldberg machine and. I just think it's like him living out a childhood fantasy yet again, right? And that, and that's what Facebook was too, right? It was like this fantasy to be able to spy on the girls he liked, and and this is just yeah. another one. And who knows so, what other but fantasies? The, yeah. and that's why we don't trust this guy. The, the so the video he right under the video he wrote. I hope everybody realizes that the video is a fun summary and an exaggeration of what the real thing is. And then he, he there's a note which Facebook notes, which is like a a medium post or a text or a blog post and it's it's a pretty nerdy detailed explanation on the technology and there's an actual motivation where he doesn't get to code so much at Facebook um, it, it's just too big of sure. a structure so he needs his own pet project to do some coding then the other lame thing about it is that everything <clears throat> he does with this AI you can already do with Google Home or the Echo and some switches so yeah it, it's no, almost like it's I can, almost I could write his, his 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 years challenge was almost as ambitious as setting up a seamless audio AV setup for your living room it's like I've got the 5.1 <laughs> audio but for music I've got the 2.1 audio and then right. I have the voice remote and it's synced to all my different networks and I can watch Amazon and, and the lights will turn off. It's a yeah. little bit on that level. It's really And he's like, check this out. In hidden in the in the in the in this in the couch is a little fridge with my best beers. So <laughs> me and my buds can watch the game. <laughs> 
He's, yeah. It's like the modern version of that, except in this case, he's like learning Chinese, getting T-shirts. You know, well, that was a cool getting, goal. Turning he, he, the lights the, down. The challenge the year before was that he wanted to learn Mandarin uh, to some extent. No, that's true. It's true. And that's an awesome. And he shows goal, it off I, in the form and, of like. And I think it's also worthy of his business. And well, his wife, his his wife speaks Mandarin too, right? I maybe, maybe, maybe what we're looking, maybe what we're looking at is that. Um, Every programmer, when they're young, they're probably their brain is at their strongest, just like chess players or mathematicians. And mm-hmm. he's become more of a manager, and maybe he just, it's his lost youth. So he, he used to come up with fun ideas. And, and maybe, you know, maybe in the end, he's a one-hit wonder. He came up with one good, I don't want to belittle him uh, anything. I'm just no, trying to yeah. understand why, why you would have a challenge that is such a low goal. It's... Uh, you're trying to put a mirror up to ourselves, I guess, as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I made that fart website when I was 20, that. and I never really topped it. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way every morning. I think, can I possibly outdo my former self? Can you ever yeah, outdo I, your I, cursor I, video? I, I, well, it is an interesting thought on the verge of a new year as mm-hmm. I uh, push us tr- toward meeting <laughs> to think about, you know, did we get any further along this year? Did we, did, did, we, did we progress? Did we find, were there any new ideas? I was trying to put together a few, you know, my top, uh, yeah. my top movies, my top TV shows, my, the best exhibitions, trying to get top lists together. And but what about, found, what about um, Mark Zuckerberg's dog? It. What about it? Was what that about on my the- list? <laughs> I think I know I, 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 I just felt Do like we hadn't finished the, <laughs> I'm very fascinated with okay. this movie. No, okay. I, I, okay, I read another blog post about when when CEOs get really out of control rich and they think no, I'm still a regular guy and then there was a moment where mm. the Google CEOs were wearing the five toe shoes that later on right. there's a moment <laughs> no. when you just disconnect from society, you know? You know how that happens. Uh, it's very well documented how that happens because I've seen it how, firsthand. Uh, okay. What happens is people start to become afraid to say no to you, right? And so as you get more and more senior, people, if you work in an environment where fear is sort of the way is the way the organization is structured, so fear of mistakes, yeah. which quite a few like high-performing companies are still structured that way. And, and, and Silicon Valley prides on the idea of, of not being afraid of failing. That's right. I, I have a hard time believing that's true, given like the myth of Steve Jobs yelling at people and stuff. And, and, I, and you always hear behind the scenes stuff's going on. And, and frankly, I work in an organization where I've really I've worked really, really hard, like as a manager, which I think is can be a real craft, like to build a bottom up organization, one where it's peer led. Um, but it's really hard to do that. Like it's uh, as hard as obviously any any anything. The you know organizing a dinner party with t- ten friends, but try doing it with 150 or something like that. So it's a hard thing to do. It's much easier to be a horrible dictator at the top, which probably Zuckerberg is as well. And um, and what happens though is people get afraid. They're afraid to tell you you're wrong or this is a bad idea. And so you end up with, yeah, there's lots of examples of that. There's also like Tony Say at uh, Zappos, you know him, or is that his first name? I know his last name, uh, strangely, but who did, uh, has a thing called a holacracy at his uh, company, which was viewed as like progressive and he wrote books about it, but Mm -hmm. apparently is like just a zoo. But basically it's total bottom up, but like people form these little governments and associations within the organization. And there's all kinds of like egos still emerge. It's almost like... um, Lord of the Flies, you know, like all, 
all, all these throw all them these all tech in a pit billionaires and see who survives. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. But that was an attempt to reverse this problem. I think of you know the, the more powerful a company gets, the less innovative yeah. they get because people are afraid to say it's your stupid leaders. But then the, yeah, right. so there's this moment with pop stars as well where they might start doing stuff where like oh wow you're really not in touch anymore. So I guess that's a danger of climbing really high. Yeah. But yeah, the, the higher you get, the further out of touch with the common person. It's yeah. this is a well-documented problem. Also, BlackBerry had this problem, um, you know, and often like they do stumble upon their first innovation. Um, and they, there's this book called The Innovator's Dilemma that yeah, uh, yeah. Pe- maybe a few people have read by Christensen. A great book. And then he's sim- he read he just wrote a, a new book actually. It's really great. Um, around this thing called it's called Competing Against Luck actually. Um, so this is actually on my reading list. I read this. Uh, and, and really, the, the answer is to go back and talk to people and spend time with people, work alongside, figure out what their actual needs are. But yeah. so many but then companies it's really hard like to, to become just, these fortresses. So if, for a CEO like Zuckerberg, and he's like, I, I got to get real. I got to talk to people again. And this, it's just a weird thing when he will sit down next to you and like, hey, Jeremy, tell me honestly, what do you think of Facebook? And <laughs> how right. can that be an honest? It's really hard yeah but well, because the, no because maybe, that's not even how they and the way they work now is like is like companies become more and more secretive and that you hear about this 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 concept in silicon valley of a stealth we're you know we're a stealth company right and okay. you know it's there's an interesting tension because there's also best practice within the valley to like work alongside customers do user testing and stuff all the things we do but there's also this tension like if we reveal our secrets and apple yeah. really started this in a big but, way but, but if people know what our roadmap is we're doomed, but the right? so the the big issue with the Zuckerberg video is that it's all very bad timing opposed to his the meltdown of it, the credibility of the brand of Facebook. Well, he, yeah, that's right. Not only is there bad timing on the humor within the video, <laughs> if I can say, but it's also bad timing within it, like it's tone deaf to the what people are actually talking about in relationship with Facebook. Yeah. Um, in 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 the world right now, what people are actually. But what's also funny is that it, it is might work how... because because we're such nerds that we're like, oh, all the things he does in the video, we're like, that's not real, and that is. But most people are like, yeah, mm-hmm. he he made a voice that sounds just like Morgan Freeman. It's amazing. You should see this video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, I don't know. Oh, how why, many why doesn't why doesn't Siri sound as good as as uh, Zuckerberg's uh, AI? <laughs> it was like marginally better than Siri. I think again, it, 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 maybe if it had, I, here's a question for you: If it had been like, if it had blown you away with how sophisticated and and good it was, because I'm here's my skepticism is I've thought about doing home automation in my apartment, but no home automation is as good as my arm reaching out to the light switch and turning it on. Yeah, exactly. Like, but the, it, like I. I thought about home automation and AI, and we talked about VR before, and I figured out what bothers me with all the things. And what bothers me, I like computers when they're made for making stuff. So when you, but home automation is just increasing laziness and, and facilitates sitting and just watching stuff. But then it should be successful because all the lazy, all lazy technologies eventually. I know, win, right? But the, but because it's not interesting the to marketing me. Marketing slogan. It, I'm is, not interested in having an yeah. echo and saying. I want to watch Netflix. It's just, I want <laughs> and, a machine that is like... we have reached this point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been but trying to figure out how to... It takes longer to do that. I've been trying to figure out how to do this podcast from my phone 
phone to phone. Oh yeah. And there's no way on the iPhone to record a call and talk the sa- same time. Or I don't know. I haven't figured it out. It's just it's all these devices are consumption devices, so that's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they suck. I I I, I should say. Um, I don't know if I, this is the time in the podcast to admit a dirty secret, <laughs> but uh, I I did the thing that I've been like every morning. I'll, I'll admit since um, was it early November or late October when the news came out, <laughs> the most important news of the year, perhaps the decade, but that there the, were new it, MacBook Pros. <laughs> <laughs> The, the strip, I, uh, the, the... I have checked. I have yeah. The the new touch bar MacBook <laughs> Pro. Every day since that announcement, that very important announcement that shook the world, uh, I have looked uh, every morning. I start my morning looking up at recent news. I, I use the Google search for uh, in the last hour, then the last week, <laughs> then the last month. Have I seen all the news? I read every last bit tidbit. I've watched every video review. And I Which had one so did much you like the most? Because I, Which one did you like the most of all the videos? Of all the videos I watched, actually, I found a new a new guy that does great reviews. Should I talk about it on on? on I here? love review videos. Uh, yeah, there's a guy that does really good ones. He even measures the sound of like how loud is the computer, which is relevant uh. to what we're doing right now. He, it's this guy Dave Lee. Okay, I think he has a lot of subscribers. Have you seen the guy? There's also um, a, a guy who does camera reviews, and he always swears whatever every sentence there's like five swear words when he reviews <laughs> no, <a camera>. really? <laughs> yeah. i'm actually i love that these people exist because to me it's yeah. like I, I i always am skeptical of the major publications like they don't really care but i feel like the individual legitimately no, great. cares because they the best, use it the just best like you reviews, and I, right? we care yeah, about and the best are the reviews much later when they've been using it for half a year right <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you get their idiosyncratic point of view, like, yeah, I mean, like, because I work in a coffee shop and there's this, you know, they always have some small thing where it's like, when I'm on the toilet, I need, <laughs> like, there's something that in their life that impacts it. You're like, yes, I have all, but sometimes you're like, no, that is not an issue for me. But, but still, it just seems more real. It's not like an I editorial committee. Review videos are much more fun when you're on Android and Windows than when you're all on Apple. Mm. Because then you mm-hmm. you're like, should I get the Acer or the Samsung or the and there's so oh, many options yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, and true. none of them work together, so you're always fidgeting. And if you're just in the Apple ecosystem, then it's like, okay, there's the new MacBook, I have to buy it. End of story. Well, this was the ch- this was the thing. So I was about to jump ship on Apple. I was like, that's it. This is too because I've been waiting so long, and I really wanted like a quantum leap in power. And yeah. my computer is, you know, five years old. It's the, it's like two bodies behind so it's it's a bit vain but like when I perform and stuff it looks like it looks like I haven't invested in my practice in about a decade <laughs> I think and it so matches it, your outfit because <laughs> you haven't updated it's got like very old often tape either. on it <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's true it's true and so I'm and I was I just I, I'm trying to look a little bit more professional <laughs> but I was, I've waited a long time I was like no I'll do it when the time's right I'm very sensible about when I spend money and then, I, so I, anyway, every so I was thinking, oh well, maybe I'll try Windows. And I have a, I built a Windows machine this summer at home, and but things go wrong with it all the time. I'm like, ah, and and I talk, I've like consulted all my friends, and other people. Do you and, have, and these do laptops you have friends are pretty who, expensive. Who, do you have friends who are committed to Windows laptops? Um, not really anymore. I think, 
the the build quality on <clears throat> Windows laptops for a long time was so bad that um, people would, <clears throat> you know, just have so many problems with them. Now, I, at conferences, it's funny. Windows has done something very clever in terms of branding. You know how Apple had the, like, logo light up on the back of their computers, yeah. which is now over. Um, and then it made, like, then you see, you know, like, a college lecture and all of the Apple logos. It's, like, the best ad they could ever have, or maybe the worst if you think about it in a certain way. But then... Um, what Windows has done, when you plug anything into a Windows device, it makes a chime sound. It goes, uh. and so when you go to a conference, you often like behind a lectern or something, someone's plugging in their laptop. You can't see what logo it is, but you can hear that Windows chime yeah. over the audio yeah. system. And you always know, oh, they're running Windows. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and when you hear it, it's like, it's almost like, it's just like, it feels like it's a special perfume, like, oh, Windows. Well, I, I, I was on Windows I know, for it's, it's, I was on Windows for a few years. First, I was on Mac, yeah. and then uh, like early two thousands, I thought that the Mac laptops were really a lot slower than Windows computers. But then the Windows mm -hmm. computers they were super fast when you bought them, and then every month they got a little slower to the point where you had to buy a new one. <laughs> so a, a Windows laptop lasts about a year, and then I went back to Apple, and the thing for me. Apple's the only company that makes everything you need from one brand. So they make phones mm -hmm. and they make computers and etc. If you buy a Windows computer, then you're gonna and, and have an Android phone, then they don't work so well together. And if mm -hmm. you're all on Android and you have a Chromebook, not, a Chromebook can't really do everything either. I feel like if you want everything to work together, well, yeah, yeah. that's my argument. And so then it's funny I whenever mean, you me, see, uh, yeah. But it's funny when you see Apple well, reviews and people complain about certain things, but it's like, well, they control the whole stack and that's the real benefit. <clears throat> yeah. And, and the other thing is, I think for an artist, um, if we think about it from an artist's perspective, for me, like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back because I have a lot of artworks built for this machine and this operating system in this environment. I have a kind of ecosystem lock-in. Yeah. The artworks only run on this, this, this operating system. This machine that's a lot of work to update them sometimes and uh and do i want to do that and and, and then I, I just thought i can always like also get a windows uh laptop if if need be like because they're so much cheaper and this will just be like so that i can continue to to run my practice but that's it was like it was so hard because it but is what a about lot the of dream of having like, everything on your phone you think is that going to be possible yeah, so to do all to your performances from a phone? Swift. I don't know if that's my dream so much anymore. <laughs> I, it, I mean, my, I, I guess sort of, except that you can't like, I use a lot of different cameras and devices and uh, I want to always be using the latest. Um, and usually that's not happening for a phone. Sometimes it is now though, more and more. Um, and it actually it was funny because I, I was in LA a few weeks ago and in this at, at UCLA at this game lab and I was giving a talk and a workshop on augmented reality and it's still like a pretty uh, naive technology. It's really just video sandwiched with 3D graphics and some crappy tracking. But in like by the end <laughs> of the workshop, I, <laughs> that's what Microsoft should say. But at the yeah. end of the workshop, actually, a student's it's like, like a hey, billboard. It's still pretty look. crappy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that good. It's not that interesting. Well, my yeah. brother's an architect. He always says that Jeremy is just mashing wood and steel together. It doesn't take you know. It's still guys with big big guys with hammers mashing materials together. I'm like, oh, okay. It's just like a pile of wood. 
Anyway, but um, uh, this kid that by the end of the workshops, like, hey, check what what I did. You know, you can on on my phone, and he showed me like he had in Swift written quickly like a little app um, using a framework that could do um, augmented reality for the the sort of the physical environment where like you know when it can it scanned the table and he put a little character that was running around in front of us on the table, but yeah. he was running that all off his phone. And you could connect and so, and it wirelessly pretty, to it a projector and do a performance. Well, that's the thing. It reminded me that, like, no, that's not, like, because when the iPad first came out, you might have been to a few presentations or conferences or performances where someone, some, like, usually male guy, like, pretty swaggy, <laughs> like a guy with a lot of confidence, <laughs> tries to run the his his keynote presentation off the iPad. Oh, my God. And it just comes off so douchey. It's like it's that Iron Man thing that we were talking about with Zuckerberg, where, um, you know the, uh, it, yeah, the pursuit of that like I, image, <laughs> that dream, just is a, just like it's such a, it's like Ed Hardy to me. It's the Ed Hardy of technology <laughs> of presentations. <laughs> I just remember this. Yeah, uh, this is a little bit of a segue, but there's always when you d- launch software, there's always the question: Are we going to do a video or a live demo? And so Zuckerberg mm-hmm. chose the video. It's a completely idolized version <laughs> that's far from reality. And then at the DLD conference, someone did a live demo of AR, and it was this helmet that someone was wearing, and it was not working at all. And he's like, no, wait, you got to... <laughs> and he, was, he had a test person <laughs> from the audience wear this AR helmet. And he's like, no, wait, you're not doing it right. <laughs> and he like grabbed her head, and he's like shaking her head. And it just, it just wouldn't work. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that's the best. I love demo <laughs> fails. I mean, you gotta you gotta like empathize a little bit because those demos are so stressful for them. You can tell. Oh know? yeah, I've had a like, few demo like, tech fails at presentations. Yeah. It's really you can't do anything. So you just have to sit and wait. Well, so, I've I've had a lot of fails, but I've I mean, I'll tell you the tip that I would provide anyone because you know I perform a few hundred times, and and in those hundred, few hundred times, like there's been ten percent failure rate at least, right? It's, yeah. it's closer to 20%. And so at least one every few times, there's like some catastrophic failure, like the whole thing crashes. And what you do is you <clears throat> you make a joke about it. You, you laugh. The audience laughs. You restart. You keep going, right? But it's really like <clears throat> really incumbent on you to stay calm and actually to, at that point, make the audience feel like this is perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it, I guess you have to crash a few like, times to learn that. Yeah, yeah, but when the audience feels relaxed, you, you know, you'll find people in the audience start to make jokes, everyone laughs, and then you and then and the rhythm builds up again and it's like it's just like an engine getting started again. Boom 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 and then you're off yeah. and they help yeah. push you push yeah, you Yeah, but if if the presentation is 15 minutes and and the problems are 7 minutes, that's hard to beat. Like mm, yeah, that's never happened to me. Uh, because okay. again, you have to stay very calm to know what to do to fix your situation. Um and so, yeah, it's just like, you know, stay calm, relax, because you, you're usually you stop when you, you get this problem. I'm sure you've had it when someone's watching you use your computer that you don't know how to use it anymore. <laughs> you're like trying to type. You're like, I don't know how to type because <laughs> this fear of performing for others. <laughs> no, the so worst, you just have the to, worst like, is really when like the when when there's no uh, visual on the projection and you, you have all these images mm. prepared to talk. And it's like, well, I have no images. Well, I'll tell you, that's what I'm terrified. So I've ordered this new MacBook Pro 
it's going to take a month to arrive. I suppose like there are little elves that are uh, hand assembling it. Yeah, and Christmas uh, elves. the big thing is <laughs> <yeah>, Christmas elves <laughs> working Will tirelessly with their soldering irons. <laughs> only the best only the most competent elves um, anyway uh, it, it of course doesn't have like a port to for video so, like there's no so you HDMI need the USB-C or, to mini HDMI dis- or mini adapter but there's no mini display port there's like there's no um, VGA and so the, the, the main thing I have anxiety about is like still so my computer now is going to be up to date for the first time in five years but I know when I perform most of the time, it's still a VGA connection. It's the, like is it, still is, is most of the world runs on VGA. There's not so many projection environments with the Apple TV where you can do it wireless. We have a couple of those. Well, we have a lot of those at work and no one ever chooses to use them because they fail. Like it doesn't it, work. They only work once out of two times. And then, yeah, you're and then you're always looking at Apple's recent rentals section <laughs> when you're trying to uh. <laughs> It's like Apple recommends, oh, and you're like, "Oh, I mean, this wasn't I want to do a whole episode. I want to do a whole episode about presentation tips from you." But uh, uh, oh yeah, were there any other things of the uh, of the end of the year sort of things that you wanted to talk about? Well, yeah. So I just wanted to say, like, I started. I wanted to get your take actually on this on on sort of the. Let's talk about at the beginning of the year. There was a lot of talk. Can, in, can in we the make art, this an extra long episode? Technology, because we're. At 45 yeah, sure. minutes already. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Stop listening now. If you if you can stop whatever you want. That's anyway, people have time. Thing. People have time. It's the holidays. It's the holidays. It's true. Yeah. Just you're on your binge listening spree and maybe you're like, no, guys, keep going. I need to get, <laughs> I have three more hours that I need to fill. I okay. So excuse I wanted to, to deal talk with a little bit family. about. Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited to see my family. I, my family time's been reduced to the most efficient parcel of time, and so I, I I do get to this point and I miss them. And I and I live very close to them. Like the closer you live to your family, the less time you spend with them. It's terrible. Anyway, yeah, it's true. Another, Since another, I moved away from my family, together. I see them much more. Yeah, yeah. So you spend these expansive lots of time yeah. that no one who lives close to the family would ever spend. You spend these, no. instead you spend like five minutes saying hi. Okay, let's go to Starbucks. Um, anyway, you have eleven so, minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's I go get, get espressos on the go on my way to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's go, go, go. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to talk about at the beginning of the year, there was sort of like, I think this happens maybe at the beginning of every year in, among our peers in like new media. There's this excitement that this is the year the world pays attention to us. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the year the museums finally notice us. This is the year like, the art buyers finally start buying digital art, right? Like you get this every every year for the last 10 years that I can remember. And this year more than ever, I think, for me anyway, because it was included in this exhibition at Whitechapel, and that was considered like a big deal that an institution of that size was willing to do like a internet art or new media exhibition. And, uh, and I thought to myself, well, did, did that at this point in the year, did that come true at all? And I was like, I was just thinking through like, what were the most important exhibitions of the year um, in regards in, in regard to that goal? And, or what were the most important sales? And, and honestly, I had a very hard time um, coming up with stuff. Now, I know you were included in a lot of exhibitions as well. I was included in very few. That's why I named the one. Yeah, but I, I think I think the premise, in. the premise is wrong. So first of all, there's there's been a number of key digital exhibitions since the 60s. 
There's been a digital art exhibition mm-hmm. at MoMA in 1961, I think, or 65. <laughs> right, right. With, with Lillian Schwartz. At that Schwartz. time, they were like, yes, it's the beginning. Yeah. It's the future. But but I think you're wrong if you're... Because if you're into media art, that's a bit like being in a noise band. So you're not going to mm-hmm. win a Grammy. End of story. Don't worry about it. You're not going <laughs> to win a Grammy. It's okay. Yeah. And then there's yeah. this idea when a, when a punk band, when they started... Uh, there were no independent record al- labels, so they started their own. And then if they sold 1,000 or 1,500 copies, that was considered punk gold. It's not regular gold yeah. album, but it was a punk gold album, which historically is a little bit false because the Sex Pistols' first album uh, was a huge success commercially. But I'm talking about punk after Sex Pistols. Anyway, my point is don't measure success on the scale of Damien Hirst if you're doing new media art. It's, uh, it's irrelevant and, and uh, it just frustrates you. So why, why bother? Why mm. do, you don't want to win a Grammy. People well, who win Grammys make lame music. Why, why do you want to be part of that? I, I do agree with you. And it reminds me actually that <clears throat> I've had a few, uh, you know, I, I, I've had a few friends who are authors and they've always aspired to be recognized by the New York Times. And a few of my friends have made the New York Times bestseller list. And then last week I was <clears throat> I was talking to a writer at an important publication for something at work, uh, which was exciting. And so I also talked to him about, you know, being a bestselling author. Like he had a, he has like a major a major book and, and has like and I was talking to him about like success and stuff. And it was really interesting because he was like, oh, I'm barely I'm barely scraping by. And this is now he's like an older author. Um and I thought to myself, I mean, this is crazy. This guy's like, you know, he's like a multiple best-selling New York Times best-selling author, and he's telling me that it's like he's still struggling. Like he's why I was like, why are you talking to me? or struggling critically? Yeah, in a way, and for recognition. Like I was talking, to, I was like, oh wow, it's so like it's such a privilege to get to talk. Well, to you so also you have to about? understand that. <laughs> Whoever whoever is dedicating their life to something like writing or art is probably someone who is always very hungry. So no matter what the success, mm-hmm. they'll always be like, oh, I'm barely where I want to be. Same way... Well, what was cool I'm, was this guy This guy was at the near the end of his career. He's getting a little, I know, like, quite a lot still, older than I mean, the average should, person. There's a, there's a video of Dali when he, at the end of his life, he's in a wheelchair and the, his house had caught on fire and he had been in the hospital... And he's like, I cannot die. I have so many works to make. Geniuses must never die. They they help the human species. I have so much mm-hmm. ideas. I cannot. I, I need my time. So that's the idea. That but if he's you're probably born, better off hand, handing it off. Hmm. What? If you're born, sorry. Oh, I was going to say. If you're born hungry, you, d- you, you die hungry. I, I think that's the, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, and this guy was... And was super professional, and but anyway, I, it just reminds me that you know that's not what you should be striving for. And I think we've talked about that before, right? Like that recognition, you're not going to get it. And even if you got the, the Grammy or the Oscar, that's not uh, really what it's all about. If it helps you get like access to resources, I think. Um, from yeah, but, but then maybe again, that, I found that the more resources it, I have, it's the carrot uh, on the stick or the the. The fake dog yeah. for the run horses, the running horse, or the dogs, they follow a fake bunny on a track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe and what do we, we think? Just... Yeah, where, are we, where do we, what do we want? Like, if, yeah. let's just, like, do a speculative experiment. If, if uh, new media art or digital art, God, 
got to we got to decide on a stand. Oh no, I don't want to have that conversation. Anyway, if new let's just say new media were to get the international recognition that every year this small group of people decides is important, you know, would we actually be happy? No, but and, I, yeah, I think if you choose to make new media art, you're like a geek within a niche within a niche. You've chosen to be an outsider. Yeah. And we've talked but about that. Um, you've, many times. you've not. Ch- maybe you that, haven't that, chosen. But that chosen very outside. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like being on the outside, that very act, that very place, being the other is actually a, is a powerful position. And brand, we always talk about, like being second place is kind of more uh, valuable than being first place, right? Because by being in second place, you can position yourself against the leader, so it puts you in a critical position. But if you're the leader, you don't have a choice, right? You're basically Budweiser. You have to be like horses yeah. in the snow with puppy dogs running after you. And but you, it's, you, it's don't, funny. you don't have the opportunity to be a critical voice. If we go back to technology, in, in, in technology, mm-hmm. it's really hard being number two or even number three. Like there's Android and iOS, but Windows and BlackBerry, it's, it's really mm-hmm. insignificant. It's really so small. So it's funny. Well, after technology number two, number three is, thing. yeah. Yeah. Well, I think being number one in technology, you can't stay there for very for very long. It's, I've been thinking about that a lot because, you know, everyone wants everyone's talking about how Apple's not had their like most lukewarm year ever, right? As an example, and that Windows and Microsoft is like this underdog that's rising up, and they're so innovative and they have augmented reality and stuff. But if yeah, and they sell if like you took all of those products books. and asked. <laughs> well, apparently, actually, they besides the Surface Book, they have like a, a version of the Surface Book that's like for offices. That's a huge whiteboard style screen, and they made a yeah, billion dollars that. doing that last yeah. year. But it's funny, um, that, like, but you know, the, so well, no, the, they're finding a way to make it work. Yeah, but if Apple released the same thing, we talk about how it was all over, right? Yeah, what a so. failure! Oh, it's only a billion dollars. Hmm. Yeah. So you really don't want to be, I don't think, in that first place position because the fun, all the fun happens in second place. You know, the fun happens uh, under the yeah. the under the radar kind of thing. It's well, like I, it's I, like I underground think, party. If you talk about success in art, is basically you want to have the means to make what you want to make. Um, outside of that, the rest is details. So. Uh, whether that mm-hmm. means that you have uh, you can be a full-time artist or whether that means that you have the budget to make big projects or whether that means maybe you have very humble wishes so you just want to work for an hour a week and sketch something with a pen on a piece of paper so it it depends on what you want i guess success yeah yeah and i and for me it's not even it's usually just the opportunity to keep making new stuff right that's all i'm looking yeah. for usually but, f- but actually, for you year, like have... do, do you think you would make better work if you didn't have the day job no i mean i've, I've this is what for me that's my existential crisis uh and that's been the crisis all year but this year more than ever i decided that the, that was my strength so i started to think of that i had thought about it as a liability or a weakness for a really long time um and this year was the year that i turned the corner and said you know this is actually if i fold this into my art career it it positions me as totally different than everyone else but in terms um, of time and that i have well the time is not the issue right for most artists if you talk to them that are full-time they have more a lot more time than i have for sure but they do other things with that extra time than making art no one can make art like a factory 24 hours a day 
Um, actually, that's a good question for you. Like, I mean, you're in Brazil right now. Have you planned to make any art while you're on vacation? Yeah, I'm always sketching and. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, you're not I'm working, working the on whole time, right? No, but I I usually so there's the the really the time of coming up with ideas, which is very irregular, and then there's the sort of management of answering emails and production and uh, things like that, which is like about. I I wrote this haiku: never working, never not working. So that's my life. Mm. Yeah, so that's the way I think about it as well. So, but I I definitely even, I, I, I notice I notice that I have a lot of time in the day where I'm like I have too much time. But I noticed that if I have three days with, without my computer where I can't do it, I'm really behind. So it, it's like I'm mm-hmm. doing something for 10 exactly. minutes and then I'm doing nothing for an hour. But because I could answer right away, it's a lot less time. Where, so it's, it's mm-hmm. this, uh, well, this uh, yeah. always-on mentality. doesn't mean you're always working, but you're always on. I also and talked so about last for me, week. If, I think I've started yeah. just like... Well, if you just give yourself like a sprint or a period of time to focus and then you have to really take a step back and you need to like listen or, you know, look at the world, you know. And so I think that that's been important to artists forever, unless you have like one Genesis kind of idea and you just keep pushing that over and over again. Like maybe, I don't know, you know, there are certain artists that have just had one idea and they just keep repeating it. Well, there's also but artists who, really who work, who are very intense with their material, and they need to spend the time with that material. But it, right, I just for know sure. for and me like that research. if if I had a day job, or I, I've thought about like, oh, I could do a little alternative startup on the side, but mm-hmm. then I decided not to pursue that because it's just uh, it would take away. It, even if I spend a lot of time being bored, I, I need that time to come up with ideas and. I, I had a startup yeah. idea since we're podcasting, but maybe it exists. I, I feel like the barrier to entry for podcasting is too high. Um, mm-hmm. And there should be so, so you, an app where you can call a friend and do a five-minute <laughs> chat. on, uh, mm-hmm. it, Like something like Skype or WhatsApp where you talk to each other for five minutes and it publishes automatically. And so you have these small mm-hmm. blitzes of like where you discuss what happened that day. And that would be sort of a micro-podcasting. Oh, okay. Does that and exist? The assumption is other people would listen to other people would listen to it. They'd like subscribe. Yeah, but to your the idea that podcasts like inst- are kind but of but it's like Instagram. Yeah, so maybe it, it's even fifteen is that, seconds. Is that what inst- it, yeah, yeah, but that does seem like it does seem like as if that's Snapchat Stories or something like that. But it's just yeah, an audio, but audio only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, um, I feel like the barrier yeah, to entry podcasting is a bit high, but. Also, after all this social media, I feel like a barrier to entry is kind of nice, too, because this low barrier to entry just creates frenzy. Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm looking for barriers <laughs> to jump yeah. over and then, like, sort of see what's there. Like, it's like a yeah, little so it's better. Anyway, I don't know how we uh, how how we got here, or where we're going next. But, like, you know, the idea of looking That's the title back of the, the episode, end of the year. How we got here. <laughs> or where we're going. Yeah, but looking back on the year, it was a, it was kind of a, it wasn't a revolutionary year, I don't think, as everyone always wants it to be, and that doesn't matter. There were a few exhibitions, but I think it's like it's this sense that eventually it's just what the contemporary, and when that happens, it's actually going to be more of a silent kind of um, or soft pillow landing than a than a violent revolution. Um, I don't know. You know, yeah, and I, I, I don't speaking know. for myself, outside of politics, I had a great year. Uh, just mm-hmm. 
No, we probably had our overall. most successful year yet, Raphael. But the the one well, yeah, other thing people always podcast. tell you is that exactly, exactly. This is our best. This is as good as it gets. And also for us in in our lives, and and probably for a lot of our listeners, it's like remember that it's harder and harder to compete against yourself uh, every year. Like your expectations grow. Um, and so you're probably doing really, really great and you're just not recognizing it. Um, that said, like, what, let, let's, let's get to the, what normally people do is they look back on pop culture. Do, did you have like a favorite movie or a favorite TV show this year? Hmm. Uh, South Park was pretty good. I put good. you on the spot. South Car- Park You're was all, pretty good. You're all, but that's every, every year. Yeah, I've every been reading year, more South books. Park is pretty good. So I, I've been reading a yeah. lot of Dutch books, which I was, don't want to discuss individual books but i've been thinking a lot about this uh, northern european somberness where there's just this this sort of north sea darkness mood uh, that i really appreciate and it's really interesting to me <laughs> the, the countries that are run the best the people are most depressed oh that's yeah. almost a bumper sticker i, I just came up with that <laughs> it's a great <laughs> countries that, that run the best are the most depressed so um, it's definitely it's you can put that on a hat and have a political yeah. campaign. <laughs> yeah, make America depressed again. And it, it, but it, there's something there's something about when when everything's taken care of, and then if you don't feel good, you can't blame anyone. It's you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that. Well, this, I mean, do I'm you feel a, that same mood? Yeah, do no, you feel I, that mood from uh, British culture in Canada, like sort of that, you know, like the Cure or in, that kind in, of stuff? Yeah. I think in, one thing that's true in most socialist countries and most urban environments, so I would put Toronto where I live in that camp, is that um, you're because you're not driving around everywhere because you know because you're close to others and because already there's a government that sort of said, "Hey, we're supposed to be there for one another." Um, your attitude is. Uh, is is more about helping others and understanding that just because you don't have a problem doesn't mean that that's not your problem kind of thing. So I, I really like living in Canada for that reason. I think we we could do more, but I always feel like um, I mean the Americans are charitable too for sure, but um, I do find that you know especially in in Scandinavia, despite the sort of racism or xenophobia that exists there in north parts of northern Europe too, which we have to acknowledge. I think. Um, there is like this general sense that we're in this together, right? And that togetherness versus the every man for himself rags to riches mythology. Well, that's the theory. So economically and uh, technically and in terms of organization, that's Mm -hmm. all true. But uh, it's just that I'm in Brazil and I see that family here is much tighter and uh, people hang out at the beach. They look Mm -hmm. a lot happier. And this is this Dutch word, zeike. It's uh, just Mm. complaining. And I think I was talking about complaining helps to get what you want and to change government and just complain and complain but then they can go too far where nothing is good enough and they're just like ah complain complain it's this uh, I don't know there was a happiness study and some of the happiest people in the world were in Nigeria I think so Right. Yeah. Well, certainly we all we know and that's our theme usually is like things aren't going to make you happy. Success isn't going to make you happy. So should we all move down to Brazil? Are people actually happier there? Are you I mean, you're on the beach, so you're definitely seeing it through the beach. You're not like working on a trash. No, people are pretty frustrated here. For used a lot of people. It, it's yeah. uh, again, the politics is. Uh, um, yeah, because I did. Well, I did. I, I work with several Brazilian people who left Brazil because it yeah. just became intolerable. Um, yeah. And they said they can't go back for a number of reasons, and 
including crime, politics, like it's just um, corruption. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just uh, life is so different for me than what I see in the news. So it, it that's why I don't want to talk about politics. I just like to go to the beach. Do I have to apologize <laughs> for that? Well, we should. That I enjoy we, the beach. No, you don't have to apologize. But one thing you did bring along that we're going to play at the end of the podcast, maybe that's now, are some beach sounds from... Now, you're in Empanina, right? <laughs> no, Ipanema. But that's funny. Oh, how did I say it? Um, you said it like empanada, empanada almost. I said like a Canadian. <laughs> empanada. You're now, you're now, you're, you're in Empanada right now, right? Am I right? Is it Empanada? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No offense no. to my uh, American South friends. <laughs> Oh boy! But you're yeah, you're, so you're, you're near the beach. Yeah. You're in a beautiful place. I'm walking um, surrounded from uh, the seemingly beach. probably by. Yeah. It's like a postcard where you know men and women are tanned and, and thongs. Well, it's it's just together. funny when you sit on the beach and everybody's just hanging out, having fun, and it feels like we have the resources that everyone in the world could have that life. I'm I'm pretty convinced. But that would be a terrible beach. If we were all on the beach, it would be crowded. I know, but there's, there, <laughs> there could be parks and there could be people by the river. I, 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 I mean, mm. maybe that's the thing that uh, that boggles my mind is that we, we have this techno-utopian dream and I feel like I'm kind of mm-hmm. living it uh, through mm-hmm. through luck. And then... Well, next year, the next year, most people will be able to... Yeah, but next year, most people will be able to wear a VR headset to have exactly what you have, right? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. They could, they could be in a tower and on the beach in Brazil. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're going down to the beach and you're what you're reading. You're kind of, you're playing. Oh, beach we were ball, talking about the doing? highlights of the year. Yeah, but what I was saying, I was reading a lot of Dutch books and I just noticed this somber tone throughout all of them. Mm. Yeah, right. which I, I I like going into well, as a sort of opposite of American uh, uh, extreme emotions. And uh, so I like going in that mood when I'm. So if I have to talk about my highlights of the year, it wasn't so much TV. I really like books. I want to do a podcast show about books. Uh, or I'm episode. reading a lot of books right now. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I just find I, I, I just mean, find all the TV shows yeah. kind of the same, and they're addictive. But they're always like, there's a character. You start caring about the character. The character is threatened, and then they overcome. The they obstacle. kill the character. Yeah. And, and oh, so, I, I thought they kill the character. Okay. <laughs> that's the new. That's the new formula. Then they kill maybe, the yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's just, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just I, I'm very convinced that because uh, TV shows and movies, uh, there's so many people involved, you lose a lot of individuality. Mm-hmm. The, the voice of the author, even if TV shows are better than they were before, I still think. Mm-hmm books can be so much more extreme just it's always if you see a movie oh, but it came from a book the book is always better and because writing is the most sort of uh, accessible um form of it's communication and distribution yeah. right it's the it's yeah it's the original media well, distribution i think it's the singular voice that, i think it's a singular unfiltered yeah. voice there's no sitting around with the team and people going like i don't think that's a good idea well, there are edit, you know, there are editors for sure, but you're right. Like you can, and now with self-publishing, and mind you, Medium has become. I'm I've become critical of Medium this year. Like I think this is the year where blogging for me hit like rock bottom, and because people <laughs> are saying things, they're often just saying what other people said in in less intelligent. Well, then ways, you have to take the initiative and, and do it right. 
Well, that's how we ended up podcasting, which I think is interesting yeah. because we thought yeah. we should be writing, but we don't have time. And then we love talking and and we we hope that others listen, but we don't really care because we love talking together so much. And of yeah. course, we do care. and We love that people are listening. But uh, for us, it was really just selfish for us at the start. Right. Mm-hmm. And still is, I think. But um, yeah, I've been reading a ton. And actually, the opposite uh, stuff that I'm reading right now is all about kind of a new age of cooperating together. Um, and using technology to take us to, you know, place better places, but by not trusting technology companies to do that. But, you know, there are enough people like you and I, good people that, you know, and there's an open source community. I don't community, consider myself I don't, a good person. I, the books. Well, I'm, well, <laughs> I'm I about like as you. selfish as it gets. <laughs> I just have very small output. It, uh, Small reach, but uh, right. I think yeah, anyway. you've isolated the damage you can do in a in a great exactly. way, <laughs> which is good. I eat meat, but, uh, I fly around, I do all the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, but just a very small amount. Yeah, yeah. you don't buy anything you don't evil that you don't need. Just just enough to no. But I have no, I have no uh, I have no uh, uh, I'm not living in a fantasy world. I know that buying a ton of clothes or uh, uh, crap you don't need, you probably offset. Flying around the world is is way more carbon damage. Or anyway, I'm not going to say that I'm a good person. Well, I, think I just want to my speculate carbon footprint on because would be fra- yeah. quite high. But what are the the top? Where I'm trying to get is the the topics for next year. So if we've done our look back, we've started to you know we have to just I want us to get to a place where you know we're going long, but we want where we look forward. And for me, looking forward next year is all about this new sort of emerging trend towards cooperativism there's yeah, like have you that's seen sort of a word interesting cooperative startups of like sharing resources or yeah sharing yeah so i wanted i do want to do a whole podcast on that but i can preview it a let's, little let's bit let's talk a little bit about it it's a nice uh, positive note yeah okay okay great well so you, we all know that this year has been so. the, oh there are great fantastic i have i have yeah. a few that uh, were surprising to me too so um, yeah, we all know this year has been about the end of the sharing economy in terms of people really believing that that's like a utopian ideal, right? Like we all Uber drivers are, uh, you know, their their exploited. salaries are really low and exploited and TaskRabbit and drives up the rent. and Fiverr. Yeah, there's a story that came out last week about this poor woman who lost her job and is, a, a, you know, does mechanical Turk for 12 hours a day, earning one dollar <laughs> an hour to help her family get by. And so I think, you know, the sharing economy is largely now in this position where it, it, it's no no one's you're not seeing any op eds about the future of work around the sharing economy. So that that's a good no. thing in a way, because it was it was a way for I always talk about me as an artist for like the, I people think of me as content or their business model. And I'm like, I'm not content. right? <laughs> like I'm the producer. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one the who comes up with everything. Right. All you do is spread around my seeds or whatever, right? I, yeah, I am the platform. And actually, there are a few books on that topic as well. And I think um, this idea of startups that are owned by the creators, um, and it actually in some ways started with Tidal <laughs> when, you, when you think about it, but I know there were ones before that. But, you know, those platforms potentially, you know, a lot of people are excited about that being like, the real shared economy is when we're sharing in the profit, <laughs> not yeah. just when you're sharing our stuff for free. Well, there's a few more simple um, uh, uh, Dutch startups that uh, there's one called yeah. Peerbee, and it's the idea that you share stuff you own with your neighbors. So if if you own a drill 
and or your neighbor owns a drill and you only have one thing to hang every year you don't have to buy a drill so you have the app and you're mm. like in your neighborhood i'm looking for a drill and it looks for nearby people and they're like sure you can borrow it and then somebody else has a scissors to trim the hedges or whatever so y- you right, can consume yeah. less so that's one another one is where you can share leftovers if you've cooked too much and people can come pick them up <laughs> oh that's very, nice which one what's it's that all called? very dutch but it's kind of i i feel like there's sympathetic uh, good initiatives and the other one is snapcar which I is kind of like one. yeah the other one is snapcar which is kind of like airbnb for your car because most people mm-hmm. don't use their car that often and then you can uh, rent someone else's car when they're not using it right well, yeah. the one I liked was this year. I'm only going to mention one, actually. Um, was one that I didn't know was a cooperative, right? So I just was looking for the best stock photography as like as like a, one as a creative director does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and there's so many of us out there. Um, you know, I'm you just looking for a pe- you know photo for a presentation. Yeah. 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 I want to use it. Like, yeah. I'm looking for really like I, I didn't have the time or the money to hire a photographer, which is what I normally do. But I needed an image for a presentation. I'm like, well, how can I pay for a, like a high quality image? Um, and so I found this company called uh, just like looking for the best photography called Stocksy. And it's like the photos were just like authentic and real, but high quality, you know, which for some reason, the stock photography industry has a really hard time doing. (laughs) It's like, I don't know why this is so hard for them. Like, it's like they could give five of them. I could give five of my friends a camera and they would do better than 99% of stock photos. But the lighting is always good. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. Like, I know. Color balance is awesome. (laughs) There's like zero shadows. There's like, there's never a shadow anywhere to be seen. Always on an infinite white backdrop. Anyway, uh, so this company is called Stocksy. And Stocksy, the the model is the photographers um, upload their stuff and then they collectively own the company and they share the profits from each other's photos. And how how does the company company take a fee because they need to build the platform? I, yeah, I'm not. I, I that's what I want to do another podcast where I break down the mechanics of this, and I have to do some research to do that. But like, as far as I understand, it's like yeah, there's some operating costs, and then but whatever's left over goes to all the photographers. Yeah. Like they're like sh- equal shareholders. So it's um, it's a better deal and, for them. Yeah, it's a, and the the photography is actually very reasonably priced. That was one of the other reasons I was like drawn to it. I mean, reasonable in stock photography is like a hundred dollars for an image. Um, unreasonable. I mean, there is like cheaper, but it's usually like really really low quality. And then like Getty images is like the highest quality and the most expensive, like yeah. fifteen hundred dollars an image kind of thing. But but do you think but, on a um, bigger scale there's there's room for startups that would. Uh, be like, okay, healthcare is too expensive. Can we make an Uber for healthcare where it's not fully professional, but yeah, if you well, just need someone to help you to clean the house? And the, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I think that that's where that's what I want to investigate. Or do you then that's run where, into the same uh, problem where where it's just gonna lower wages mm. for people? Um. Well, I don't know. And I think I have to finish reading this stuff. That's why I'm not ready to do this podcast. But I'm reading Trevor Schultz's uh, Uber Worked and Underpaid um, and a few other books, uh, including um, Astra Taylor's uh, 
platform revolution in regards to I, th- I don't know if that's what it's called actually it's people platform anyway it's about artists taking over the platform but I do think that I'm hoping that when I finish reading these books that I come back and I'm and I'm working of course on this like lean I have this artist accelerator idea mm-hmm. that's a bit subversive and still an artwork but the ideal is or the concept concept is really that we're in a position to take back control and I feel like it's someone in, who's worked in technology for almost a decade that I know enough people now, like I was sitting down uh, with the head of former head of industrial design at like a major, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name because then they'll know a major like consumer electronics company. And I started to talk to them about like these, these art ideas and they were really excited to help out. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be funny. (laughs) No, someone, it was a company that used to be the number one phone maker in the world. And, uh, and so, and they were excited to help me work on products right and or to help mm. like or help with idea productization of well it's fun uh, to work with art of so these I ideas. Think people are always happy to work with art well that's where we're at that point i think you and i and and other artists may be at our level where we can start to leverage the like the credibility we have to do some exciting important uh world-changing things i think there's a lot of our listeners uh, are i've in that had problems with too, that because i know that yeah well, they're you know, like what I'm saying is making room for others in a way that's um, exciting. Oh, okay. You know, so whether ha- that's have you worked successfully? With, have you worked successfully with tech brands for um, make, making projects happen? Well, I'm not talking about working with other tech brands. I'm saying like let's start some new tech brands okay. and then let's make those tech brands like let's make those tech brands um, make the existing tech brands look shamefully irrelevant. Um, and I think. I'm very hopeful about that happening next year and um, and in the years to come. And I think the time is it's it's happening. Like so, we've been making open source has been a, a giant donation to uh, the tech sector now for well over a decade. It's time yeah, for most a form service, of open source that's social. Most yeah. servers run on we need like a, it's, open source software. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but it's time for us to take some of that back and also for us to sort of like embed. You know, the, let, let's not let Zuckerberg run the show. I still can't believe we don't have a, a Facebook that's built by the people for the people, like a government or nationalized version of Facebook. There's there's open um, source uh, because it, social networks that you can install. But that goes back to their conversation yeah, but, of, of open standards that open source is too hard for most people. It's not. Yeah. And I remember like. Two years ago, our office was running on um, Jabber, which is an open source chat platform. And now we're on Slack. And actually, I don't know if life is better on Slack, but there was, I think one thing we haven't talked about is, and again, I, man, we could do a whole thing on this, but we're over now, so maybe we're in it. <laughs> but it's like the mar- marketing is really a layer of problem that we need to solve uh, for a lot of these open source projects, right? Yeah, and there's a but I also think problem, but basically, I, yeah. like, it seems to me that open source. Is, no, no, you also have the design by committee problem where there's too many voices. Well, I'm you know, and I'm promoting like Stocksy was. That's why I used that example. I wasn't. A, I was just like, this is a great product, right? Yeah. And they they had figured out their positioning, and they clearly had designed it well. And like, so I'm not saying that I actually don't think open source is is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking out of that pool, like. And, and bringing together the people necessary for us to actually go out and like squash what I consider pathetic technology companies. So, yeah, um, that might be really ballsy of me to it, say. What's really also like interesting to me 
what's interesting to me is the, the idealism and the daily use. So we both yeah. greatly dislike Facebook. Um, yeah. We hate everything about it, that it's uh, against the open web and it's closed system and uh, fake news and uh, conspiracy theories and uh, et cetera. But we use it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. I, I, I don't. I'm a little bit. I, yeah, well, let me say this. Well, I, this I'm week, off of, the, yeah. I'm off of Facebook. It only forwards my Instagram, but Instagram is owned by Facebook, and I love Instagram. I just never. There hasn't been a year where I felt more sick to my stomach using Uber or logging into Facebook and thinking like this is starting to actually intersect with my 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 humanity and my values in a yeah. way that I can no longer. Well, the, it's a bit uh, like you know, e- eating meat, where you you know it's bad, but it. It tastes so good. Yeah, but I think I, I, I shouldn't have to. This automation was, again, if we get back to our sort of, even Marx was like, you know, like the utopia of automation will give us the free time to pursue a greater good at some point, but we'll all be dead by the time that happens. However, like we're at this point where, where we're surrounded by automation. We've, you know, we technically have saved enough time to do the right thing. And we're not spending our time doing the right thing. So, so, so I just what would feel be an, queasy about that. Maybe we that. should talk about New Year's resolutions then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so my, my New Year's I'm, resolution I, I really is to, decided. Is to bring, yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no. You go first. You go first. Okay. Well, but my point is I decided I, I'm not going to try to be a good person. I'm not going to claim that I'm a good person. So mm-hmm. I really like Amazon. I really hate stores. So... Um, I know <laughs> the downsides of Amazon, but the convenience is just so amazing. And I think we talked about it. you use it as well, don't you? Yeah, I have Amazon Prime, and it's like addictive. Like I order even like shoelaces or batteries or anything. Yeah, and anything and, and, I and the th- and the thought the thought of going to three different stores to compare prices on shoelaces and spending three hours on that this seems ridiculous now. Mm-hmm. So how, yeah, how mean, do you come? Yeah, it, it, it's just idealism comes with such great discomfort. <laughs> but I think idealism around communication. So that's one thing, like the logistics of goods. Uh, but it, it uh, well, and there are certain things Amazon can never touch. And certainly like they've really ruined bookstores. Bookstores barely exist. There's mm-hmm. like one independent bookstore in my city now where there used to be many. But like. I'm talking about let's Facebook because that's where we started in a way is an easy one where it's really just about communication or it's just the it's the carriage of letters over a network or bits to that form mm-hmm. ASCII code that forms a letter that forms a word that forms a sentence and that you know I was watching this movie Love Actually that I mentioned earlier like in the movie it's 2002 so they don't have smartphones and stuff and they're texting each other or talking on the phone right and. Yes, they're paying 10 cents per text at that time. <laughs> but at this point, really, like, sending ASCII characters over the network is so, so cheap, so inexpensive, that there should be no moral compromise in just the free um, exchange of communication, right? Email, you love email, and you could agree yeah. that, like, that's like a nationalized, standardized format for exchanging um, And there's also communication, open, right? There's communication also uh, open source uh, secured chat apps, but nobody chooses to use them. Yeah, and so, I mean, but therein lies, uh, that's why I started talking about marketing, which is like, you can't yeah. let these companies design products and market them in a way that makes you believe you're saving time uh, when you could save as much time or be as successful without them. And so, 
yeah, I'd like to apply some pressure to, I have a lot of marketing experience and I know others to do that to help highlight some of the alternatives. And I think, I think it's going to be a thing next year. This is my prediction. I think that there are going to be, and, and there's enough writing about it too. I think now that I'm certainly, I'm a, I'm not a voice in this, but I'd like to emerge as a voice and champion for this kind of change. Um, that's my, and that's definitely my prediction for next year. Uh, okay. Well, my, my prediction is, is my prediction or what I've already been doing is that I'm just retreating from the world. So I'm just trying to <laughs> absorb as little news as possible. So I've signed out of Twitter and Facebook. My, my Instagram forwards right. to, to those. The only news I consume is like a, a sort of intellectual newspaper from the Netherlands. So it's a little bit, uh, nuanced and not so emotional and even that i try mm-hmm. to reduce to like once a week so i'm just trying to stay away from the world uh, so maybe my new year's resolution is just to take news out of my life take news out of your life okay yeah so and we're just deal, just deal with day, day-to-day reality and just deal with uh, and then if the nuclear bomb hits my head then uh, so be it right well, we're going to go at it different, from different ways, but I think it's kind of the same ideal, um, which is to get <laughs> I don't back know. to the, which is to get, yeah. <laughs> well, we all want, we want everyone to get on the beach. We want everyone on the beach and we want yeah. everyone, you know, in front of the water. Well, I, I just love uh, that Agnes Martin quote of uh, painting with your back to the world. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thought that, and, and I guess that's why we're doing this. Um, and that's usually where we end up on. That's a good point. Okay. <laughs> a good point okay. to end on, I think. And maybe we could end in, you could insert recordings of, of the beach for everyone to hear. Cause I think yeah. that would be a nice gift for us to get. Yeah. To yeah. The world and and then just to let you know that the Ipanema beach is a very busy beach with all kinds of vendors. So it, it's not the typical, just the sound of the ocean. It's a, a lot of people yelling things that are for sale. In Portuguese, but I, I love this beach. Can you hear okay. uh, the suntan lotion? Can you hear? <laughs> no. Well, we'll hear it. You'll hear it. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm, what I'm going to hear. I'll, I'll hear it. Too. Everybody, okay, I wish with you that, a um, great 2017. I hope everybody survives. Peace and love uh, to all. Uh, and may next year be better than you imagined. Okay. Um, thank Bye-bye. you for listening. This has been so much fun. Bye. Yeah. See ya.
é o milho. 